welcome to Wyverns and Weirdos, the tabletop podcast set in the world of Fialor. I am your storyteller through this wonderful world, Darby, and joining me as always are Mitch, playing Neris, Jake, playing the Fishman, Joe, playing Alton, Laura, playing Janice, and Zoe, playing Loren. Where we last left off, the party faced the challenge of the Sphinx. Faced with their greatest fear, each member of the party were able to take the illusion down, collectively passing the test. However, in the ensuing combat, Neris fell to an illusion representative of Latian, his dark future self. Through the quick thinking of the party as a whole, but in particular, Fishman, Neris was brought back from the dead. And that is where we pick back up. What does Neris say to Fishman's whiskey face? There's probably a moment of confusion as Neris realises that his head is sore and his mouth is dry and he remembers there was some form of fight but we must have won so I think he just kind of squints what happened? I believe we passed as he looks over to the Sphinx if they're still watching from down the rocky hallway Officina approaches you have some loyal friends there Neris Solalanti I would not have brought them here if I did not trust them. And it seems that you got the best of you. I believe everyone was put up against some form of illusionary opponent. And I saw that yours was someone we're all well acquainted with. I had to use Revivify on you. You were truly and surely dead. And he'll look over to Loren and give a wink. You were a touch and go for a while. But Fishman got you. You're very lucky. We've lost too many already, and I don't particularly want to lose any more. I, um, thank you. You are truly the best of us. So what now? I think very briefly, probably at the same time as this conversation is happening, Janice is still sort of being checked over by Alton, and he pushes out in a way a bit shakily, sort of the tremor in his hands more severe, and scrabbles away a little bit, and then just very heavily pulls himself to stand, because he is just completely, like, singed and covered in blood, illusory or no. He has the grace to nod at Alton once, and then looks directly at the Sphinx. Why did you choose this? Why did you choose these paths? I made no choices. You did choose to strike me, and I'm sure I might not be the only one since you fled for part of the battle as well. Let me rephrase. I made no choice in the parameters of the test. I was the source of the magic, and I was in duty bound. But the illusions came from your own fears deep within you. Duty-bound are you, so who's putting you up to all of this? I am but a vessel. I am one of many. Which god in particular? There are a few. Lady Luck. My fear looked real, but it did not know me. It attacked blindly. Did everyone else have the same situation? Yeah, totally, absolutely. Insight. <laughs> 22? Oh, that, that's not going to be the 10, huh? <laughs> it will be ten. <laughs> Lorena, Lorena's lying to her ass. She's absolutely lying. That was not what happened to her. Uh, but I guess for also a, um, a difference that big, she didn't realize these were meant to be fears, is what you see when you look at her. She looks confused. Interesting. 
So you did not decide the fear itself, only one that was buried within our hearts, is that correct? That is correct. We all choose our own fears one way or the other. Very wise sentiment, Nerys of Atlante. Might I ask what this magic is in particular? It interests me. It is a little of the ancient magic of the Sphinx and a little of that of Lady Luck. The magics of time and fate, of knowledge and luck, of insight, and of facing one's own fear head on. Fishman will think and then look around and will probably go up to Janice and quietly say, you do look the most shaken. I can only imagine what you saw. I suppose after 35 years, it is good to see there are still things that instill a great deal of fear in one such as I. (laughs) I have often found that the greatest of fears come buried within those most brave. Yeah, he kind of like, he's like, huh. Oh, you're trying to be nice. Huh. It was a test, all of this, yes? Yes, it was. Did we pass? You did. Probably best we get moving, then. Neris, you are wounded. Do you need medical attention? I just wish for this quest to be over. Let us gain this crystal and return to the boat. Nice sentiment, but wrong answer looking at you. Can we do a bit of a walk in the heel? Of course. You took uh, quite the beating. Quite one of the biggest ones you can get. Let's see how you're doing. So kind of just test some of his functions, look for burns, bandage anything that needs to be bandaged, um, and that's a 16 points of healing to Neris. Alton, one thing you probably find that you can't really heal is he has a very broken rib. So just silently while you're checking everything else over, Loren just kind of looks up at Janice and just gestures for him to come over. And probably enough time has passed for a faint kind of wet slap to be heard in the distance, getting louder and louder as a panting crocodile (laughs) comes around (laughs) the corner. (laughs) Not as fast as us. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Fishman will probably greet Kyle and give him pats. Janice regards this as he turns his head down to Lorenzo. How did you hold up? Are you all right? I've never been better. Lily, there's much to discuss from all of us. I suppose if we can get the fruits of our labor, then it will all be worth it, and we can reflect on that once everything is safe. Um, You'll probably see Fishman squatting over Kyle, and you might overhear him say, You did nothing, but you did it so well. Well done, buddy. Fishman, quick question. Is that a friend of yours, or relative, or pet? I don't know. He seems quite new. Do you remember Tucker? No. No. Who's Tucker? He's I don't a, think he has. <laughs> he's a magically spawned beast of mine. And he's fusing in water terrain. Kyle here, the crocodile, is used for land. Oh, that's fascinating. And likewise, I have one for air, who you might have seen before. Shognish B, that is an incredible skill. Welcome, Kyle. Eat his pants with a... <laughs> Dumb, blank, but happy stare. Janice grins back with a similar pointed tooth grin. So as you turn towards where Ophicina was, you see her returning with a small 
bundle being held aloft just beside her by a, a large blue mage hand. The bundle is placed gently down on the ground and it first takes out a piece of crystal, the amethyst farstone. This, I believe, is what you sought. Do with it what you will, but do good with it. Is that the right one, Darius? I would like to look at it with my magical knowledge and ascertain, is this a crystal that I have not seen before? Uh, roll me an arcana check. Natural one. That is technically two ones. It's an 11. Uh, 24. 24. Uh, yeah, this is Farstone. Um, I don't think you've ever seen this in person, but from what you've read, this seems to have all the properties of Farstone, uh, at least that you can tell from sight and proximity alone. Neris briefly almost forgets that he pretty he essentially just died. Like, you can see his eyes almost begin to glow with the potential that this crystal has. And he will take a step forward before the pain shoots back in and he goes, oh. <laughs> but he is going to hold out his hand for it. You should be able to fashion this into what you need. And the mage hand passes the crystal to you. Neris is going to look at it and almost look through it. And then is just going to wrap it up in a bit of cloth, throw it in a satchel. In addition... As reward for passing my test, I bestow each of you with a boon. And she approaches first Alton, and she places a paw on your shoulder, um, particularly on your coat. Uh, for one, it would face down the gods themselves, and you feel uh, this surge of magic around you as an enchantment is placed within your coat. It now functions as a mantle of spell resistance. Ooh, very cool. Oh, right, right, yes, thank you. Uh, could you give me a little list of what exactly this does? You know, positives and drawbacks. He looks very uncomfortable at having this magic cast on him. It will offer you defenses against magic. <sighs> Good, thank you. I can always do a little bit of that. She moves towards Janus, the one that fights for what is most dear to them. And you feel this magic surge around the gauntlet and up through your arm and course through your entire body as the gauntlets now function much the same as a belt of hill giant strength. So your strength is now 21 Oh, I'm so pleased. He looks quite impassive as she places her paw on him as this energy surges around him. Thank you, my lady. It is an honour. She nods before heading towards the fishman. The one who is quick to their friend's side in times of need. She says as she places a paw upon your leg brace, like a jolt up your calf as it now functions uh, in much the same way as Boots of Speed. Oh, yeah. Um, this will do nicely. Thank she, you. She moves towards Loren and places a claw delicately upon her pendant for one who need not fear the fall. And you feel magic surround the pendant as it floats 
ever so slightly up before coming to rest again, as it now functions much like a ring of feather falling. Uh, uh, thank, thank you, uh, thank you. This is incredibly kind. And finally, she approaches Neris, the one who looks to the skies, and magic surges around your spellbook as it gains the properties of an atlas of endless horizons. These gifts you have given us, it is most kind. Thank you. They are the gifts granted to those who pass the test of the Sphinx. We should return. Thank you once more for these gifts. She looks at you in the face, and there's a look of consideration for a moment. I apologize for the uh, effects of my domain, and a pulse of magic waves out, and those who were magically aged are returned to their current chronological age. Or at least the age that they were upon entering um, the lair. Alan just kind of looks down at his hair, just shoops a bit shorter, and is just like, eh, okay. I was wondering about that. Fishman will play with what used to be his beard, ponder it for a second, and then also read the room that we're leaving. But then he will click his braces together or feet and he will disappear as I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, he moves 160 feet per second by dashing because it doubles his walk speed. Why did Fishman go? <laughs> which is already 40. So now it's 80. There's just a cloud in the shape of where he was. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if any of you finally make it out of the cave, you'll see Fishman puffed but so happy with himself. Have a good night. You as well. And really? And collectively, you get back on that rowboat and you make your way back. We still have to oh, row go back to yes. shore. Yep. I mean, Janice, you find this process a little easier than before. I don't know, actually. This is quite good. Yeah. So the problem is, look, he's just like stretchy a bit more. It's like, yeah, it's tested out, flex a little bit. So it's like even less space on the boat for everyone else. <laughs> I'm just looking up how fast you have to run to be able to walk on water. Just because you are able doesn't mean that I wish to be in the water at all times. Sometimes the pleasant trip on a boat with friends is all that I need the strategic advantage I can get from these boots, from these braces. I can't even fathom it. It's fathomless. Uh. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. It's been, it's been a great run. We're done now. Good night. That's the end of the campaign. It's finished. Yeah. It is probably early evening. Not so much that it is dark out, but enough that... Uh, the sun is beginning to set over the horizon. Probably as we alight from this tiny, tiny boat that Neris has booked us, Janice would hop off first, make sure it's all tied up, all that, because he was the bosun. He can do that sleeping. He stands there waiting as everyone else alights, and then probably as Neris gets out of the boat, he'll be like, so, the Sphinx mentioned that this thing that we retrieved will accomplish the things you hope to do with it. Will you share that with us now that we have accomplished this goal for you? He doesn't say it super loudly. He is 
quieter. Hmm. Conversely, Neris does look at Janice, almost squint a little bit, and then look at everyone else as they're sort of shaking themselves off on the pier. Indeed, I... and is raising his voice so everyone can hear. I believe now that I have acquired this item, I can share with you what my intentions are, especially considering the creatures that we encountered mentions that it can be used for evil, and you would have reason to believe that future me is capable of committing evils. Before we begin, and he's going to reach into his uh, satchel and pull out four identical leather pouches and just throw them each to you. And if you catch them, there's a soft jingling of coin for services rendered. Jonas catches it, but pockets it immediately and just, yeah, is now staring at him very intensely. I intend to create a vessel. The Polaris was a fine ship. I'm sure the other vessels you have all sailed on have been fine ships in their own way as well. My intention with this crystal is to create a ship that is capable of traveling not anywhere, but just where. This ship, if my thoughts are correct, will be able to take us wherever we need to go. And if that is what we need to do in order to stop what has happened from happening to any of us, then this is what we must do. Fishman will jingle the coin pouch and throw it back to Neris. The vessel is enough for me. We have that vessel. We can find Ham. We can find what has been taken from Rue. And we can find you. To undo the thing, the faults of the future. To avenge those that we have lost. You have my support. I shall be there when this is done. At the end of it all. Alton, in contrast to Fishman, very quickly pockets the money. It's true, Rue died much too young. And those bastards, they killed all of our people. So I'm definitely interested in finding a way to take revenge against them to stop whatever that future is from happening. So, easy transport? Sounds good, I'd be curious to see what more plans we've got. Rue is not dead. I buried half of what they were. And they are not dead until I bury the whole. Some form of Rue is still out there. Do you know the reason why they were destroyed in the first place? I do not. For now, is there a place that we can discuss? It is probably not the best to discuss these matters aboard a dock. And allegiances go everywhere, especially after the Hydra were disbanded. Things have been a lot more unpredictable on the seas, from what I've heard. Darby, is there a relatively expensive inn or tavern that has large private rooms in Ankathir that isn't where Neris is currently sleeping. The best bet is probably the Proud Gentleman. Proud Gentleman it is. You all go ahead. Loren, do you mind if we had a quick chat? I do, but I absolutely don't think I have a choice in the matter. Oh, you do. (laughs) It's just I see it festering, and I'd rather catch it now than later. She looks at Janice. If you don't hear from me in the next three hours, I want you to avenge me death. And off we trot. I think Elton would prefer girls to be like, uh, need some backup on this one, Fishman? I feel like she'd step for the back. 
No, I trust Lorette. It's a matter of whether or not they trust me. If I don't come within three hours, avenge my death. Alton does a sharp tooth grin at Lorette and says, oh, you've got my word. Ten steps down the docks, Janice tilts his head down towards Nero's and is like, oh, they're going to have a lot of fun. As long as one of them is still alive. All right. Uh, Fishman, find somewhere to sit nearby. Do I need to sit next here, or is this like a... I do not dictate what you do or do not do. You've made that very clear. Lorraine, frankly, I believe that you have not been honest with me. And you might not know it, but I do not do passive-aggressive. How could anyone ever think that I, Lorraine, a pirate, would be a dishonest person? My God, I, you're really blowing me mind here as she, like, sits down next to him and just, like, crosses her arms. So let me get straight to the point. I've felt tension, smart remarks, good ones, I'll admit. But I just want to let you know that whilst I will not hold it against you, and split decisions can be made in the heat of battle, I would just like to ask what happened. Because trust is something that I respect above all. And you are in no way, to my knowledge, enlisted as part of the crew. We haven't really bonded per se or spent much time together, so I understand. But what happened there in the cave? I feel like some trust could go a long way. Loren goes through a lot of different faces as she listens to this, deciding, I guess, what the play is here on either of their ends. And after a second, she kind of just sighs and pinches the bridge of her nose. I made a snap decision and I was wrong. You wanted me to handle Dacian. I figured that wasn't as important as trying to get Neris back up. What I wanted to know was the reason behind it. Was it to save Neris? Or was it to spite me? Because it feels like I'm a target at the moment. But I don't know what type of target I am. Have I wronged you? That was a lot of questions. Uh, you'll find me quite inquisitive at times. Well, I guess I'll get the most painful answer out of the way first. And she does, like, pull a face. It's very genuine. But she doesn't want to admit this when she says, It was more about saving Neris. Spiting you was a cherry on top. Witty as always. We all need him alive. He'd been down for a while. I know you only have so long. I figured I'd give it a go. I've saved people in the past doing that. All I did was break his rib. Woo. I'll have a fun story for later. And whilst I'm not a captain of this crew, I do like a tight ship. Something me and Janice share. You do? I'll give you that. And it's something I believe Cerise shares as well. There's like a full body tensing that happens. Is this why I am a target? The person I just spoke of? Why would me captain make you a target? It turned you into a statue just then. The mere mention of the name. She's a formidable lady. I. You know what? I'm just going to say it. You're right. I don't trust you. I don't trust that any of your motives with her are... I'm not going to say pure because they're definitely not. And I'm not going to say nice because they're definitely not I'm just gonna say I don't think you like her because you like her and I think that's unfair did you ever hear me and Siri speak with each other I made a point to avoid it my captain doesn't like me in her business sorry I just thought of something I don't <laughs> say understand. it Jake say it Jake you seem to like me in her business <laughs> no <laughs> she kept her business close to her chest when I first spoke I was curious there's no one like Cerise. No. There isn't. And I grew to like that person that I learnt about. I've lived long, 
and I've traveled far, and I've met many people. And to find someone so unique definitely piques my interest. Now, whether or not you believe that that was genuine or pure is completely up to you, and I honestly do not care, as the business is between me and Cerise. But as far as I can tell, we are done. Done? Why? Consider it a fling, and I believe that goes both ways. What? That does... What do you mean? Did you break up with her? I believe we mutually broke up with each other. It's how these things are. Cerise made it clear that they are going down a path that I'm not going to follow. And I made it very clear to them that I will not be following. And that path is of abandonment. Dangement of friends. A darker side, as you might be aware of. You know Cerise better than anyone. So I don't believe I need to speak any further of that. But what you might not know is how much respect Cerise had for you and why I found it so odd that they chose to go down this path despite that. Look, you're fascinated by me, Captain. I get it. She's got a big hat. She's very exciting. I've known her a long time. That doesn't mean she's made decisions because of me. At the end of the day, Fishman, you clocked this before I did. Aven. There's one man in me captain's life. There's one person in her life. And when they say jump, she knows who to command to jump for them. I don't come into it. You don't come into it. None of us do. I made peace with that a very long time ago. But there was writing on the wall. So I have no this... doubt we'll run into them again. <laughs> of course, but... But I'm curious. <clears throat> if we do, will you go to them again? Or will you stay with Janice? See, Fishman, this is how I know your interest in me, Captain, was only a passing fancy. You think she'd let me go back? I left. Buddy, you can part ways with her and it can be amicable. I handed in a letter of resignation. I can't go back. I've picked me side, burned the bridge, brought the horse to water and slapped it on the ass as I left. Like, that's what it is. Are you really going to leave the pirate life aside? Because I think that's awfully boring, personally. Oh, now you're just trying to get rid of me. Your little speech from piracy inspired something. Really? Me and Alton have had quite a fair few chats about it. Starting up our own pirate crew, going on adventures. I mean, if you have a good captain, it is. I didn't become a pirate because it was glamorous. I became a pirate because of me captain. So now I have a different captain. I don't know who it is. Neris won't say that it's him, and I highly doubt his elderly, money-laden best friend is really willing to put his name on it yet. But Neris Asta came. This is the ship I have chosen. If you and Alton want to be pirates and have your fun little names, I can give you a letter of recommendation. I'm sure you could join the Red Phoenix. You'd really enjoy the cooks. They're very lovely. We only have one medical staff member. Alton would be so happy. I'm not sure if we ever would jump ship, so to speak. Not anytime soon, anyways. And as for the ship you're jumping onto, I believe you've made the right choice. However, I will address the elephant in the room. If you are to be a part of this crew, I've never heard of a ship with two navigators. But are you really a navigator? Anyone can say they can do anything these days. I... But which of us is lying? Fishman doesn't answer. It just gives you a smile. She just smiles back. I don't care if you do not trust me. I do care if you make me a target without letting me know what it's even about. 
I do care if it endangers my friends. And I'd like to include you in that list. Of friends, that is. Believe it or not, you also have a choice in this matter. Look, I won't be a problem on purpose. That's That's the best I can ask for. It really is. Now, this stuff you've been drinking, as he gets up and gestures walking towards the proud gentleman, it smells awful. What is it? Try some. And she holds a flask out to him. You have some on you? Always. Always? That's what a flask is for. I have no reason to see this as strange, and that is strange. As he takes a swig. Of straight white vinegar. You see him quickly turn away and almost cough, a muffled cough, as he turns around and acts proud, accomplished. I'll get you your own flask even, engrave it with your initials. I think it'd be cute. As she takes it back and takes a swig and does not flinch. Add one respect point to your uh, <laughs> to your sheet, please. <laughs> because now he can kind of go, yeah, that shit was awful, and they just downed it like nothing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and then we join, hopefully, the crew at where we were supposed to. I don't yep. think we took that long. Neris, Alton, and Janice, you're not waiting too long before Fishman and Lorraine catch up to you. Uh, have you been discussing anything in particular in the meantime? I think Neris is trying to keep the conversation um, as light and breezy as possible, which is probably awkward because he doesn't know how to do light and breezy. Um, but he is... Uh, very much starting conversations and then not really engaging in the rest of it, as if his mind is sort of wandering into something else. So it's Alton and Janice having a conversation. Very much so, yeah. The second they stop talking, Neris is like, oh, what about this? Yeah, well, so what's the job been like, Alton? That's that's good, you got yourself a job. Uh, Yes, yes, that's right, just, you know, putting together knickknacks, but it's something to keep me busy. I haven't run into any trouble, which is nice. No one's recognised me. Oh, yes, from the from the Hydra thing. Yeah, no, that's understandable. Yep. Uh, I'm quite glad, honestly, we haven't been followed up on that one. Exactly, yes. No, we seem to have gotten away with that pretty well. And Alton can pick up the... And then remember that Janice was not present for the, <laughs> the thing oh, that happened. Yeah, um, no, Janice right. also looks a little bit slightly guarded, so he might have heard something from most likely his little deck crew, but uh, you can't tell whether he's feigning like, oh, I don't know what's going on, or he genuinely doesn't know. But yeah, either way, he's like, I'm assuming we've got like just a table in the corner, or...? Uh, yeah, so if you make your way in, it's a nicely appointed... Not too over the top, um, but well appointed. It definitely makes a point of being lavish, but not so much as to be gaudy. Little accents of gold here and there, but mostly just nice hardwoods uh, in the furniture and the bar. I think Neris would probably ask for a uh, a private room. Okay, so think- there is there is a a cost to that of a gold piece and you are shown through. Neris will also buy a round of drinks to be brought in to the room at some stage. The room itself is simple yet elegant. There are patterned tapestries on the walls, geometric patterns that give the room a certain warmth. Um, The 
center of the room houses a reasonably uh, well-appointed table, um, already set up with half a dozen settings for diners and an equal amount of menus each in place. Nice location, Neris. Do you come here often? Every now and then I do come here. Um, It is a good place to gather my thoughts. A good place to recover from your sea legs, I suppose. Indeed, yes. Um, I mean, there are plenty of lovely places uh, here in Ankathir. The artistry is uh, quite stunning, would you not agree? Very shapey. Yes, very. How is the rib holding up, Neros? <sighs> Pain is a confusing emotion. I can certainly agree with that one. Severity? I can give you some painkillers. Whatever you have, I would absolutely take. I want to thank you both. You are both involved in your own struggles, and yet you came when I asked. I did not tell you what the mission was, and yet you came anyway. I said I would be there, and I am a man of my word. Would have been nice to have some details up front, I admit. At least I managed to get this man back up standing. Not a trifling ordeal. Do you know one thing that perplexed me? When we were in that cave, the question, the riddle, if you were, why do we fight? I don't see it. Did you not answer yours? I did not. Partly because my fear controlled me, and partly because I do not believe I can answer that question. You don't know why? I mean, I very clearly do not fight to win. If if I had my way, I would not fight at all. I was thinking on the journey back, if there was an answer that I could come to, the only answer that is in my head is if I must fight, and I fight to learn, to grow, I, I think it must be more than that. Maybe I fight... <laughs> I fight so that one day I will not have to fight anymore. So that hopefully none of us would have to fight anymore. Mm. This world is cruel. It takes so much. I I fight so that it will take no more. But I do not agree that the only option is to fight. But if it is the only option, then I do not know what to do. You are correct. It is a very cruel world that can be punctuated by many brilliant incredible things. I believe your goal to secure peace, if not for anyone else, and at least for yourself, is a noble one. That is what we deserve. That is what you deserve. How can it be noble if all I am doing is trying to achieve peace, but I do so through violence and death? How is that noble? It's getting a little bit too philosophical for me, I must admit, but... (laughs) Wishing to have a peaceful life, to have a kind life, to have a life that you long for, maybe have never had, but should always deserve, is a good thing. It is how you treat others in the pursuit of this goal that decides whether you're honorable or not. There's unfortunately not much avoiding violence. There's not much avoiding needing to kill sometimes. That's right. But if there is some scrap of kindness... If you treat those around you with respect, 
and the same will come to you. It is not something that has always been true for me, but it's something I believe. People fight, people hurt for all sorts of reasons. People hurt to promote their own profit, to promote their own power in life, or just because they can, because it's fun, because they need to keep on living. It's always going to be a part of the world. Either you fight or you run. This is a mercenary lifestyle we're living. Your goal sounds as good as any. There's no shame in that. Thinking of what is good and what is bad is a luxury many don't have. I think you're doing well, honestly. I suppose it's a little selfish, but it's comforting to hear that you fear becoming this future self so much. That should give you strength to fight against it. Sometimes that fear is a comfort. And perhaps even if the answer does not seem clear to you, if you seek something more tangible, something you can hold on to, that will have come in time. Until that happens, and perhaps much further beyond then, we are here. Right, well, <clears throat> enough of this. Time for drinks. <clears throat> We're ready! And we'll yell down the hallway at a server who I'm hoping will bring a platter full of drinks. Yes, as well as being ushered through the Fishman and Loren. Perfect. What? No more of us being your moral compass? Oh, Fishman, Loren. Good to see you're both intact. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing! <laughs> Good to see no bite marks anywhere. No, for once I remain unbitten after an interaction with someone else. But see, you did do enough for several people, so really it balances out. The median stays the same. You're really splashing out on us here, Neris. It is and she nice. Just takes a drink and sits down. Um, yeah, Fishman will probably pull up a seat next to Alton. Alton gives him a quick one, so he's like, oh, yep, yep, no, he's looking okay. Good to see. But he needs to take a break from Loren. That was a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> also, Fishman smells like strong vinegar. So, Alton, you'll probably pick that up right away. So, we've all been given a round of drinks. Neris is going to lift up his glass as everyone kind of begins to take their seats. Firstly, welcome, everyone. I want to thank you all for coming with me on this journey. It was trying, and we were not told all of the details before going in, but everybody, you all handled it as I knew you would. The new beginnings. The new beginnings. The new beginnings. Beginnings. The new beginnings. So, am I to take this that you are inviting Loren aboard our vessel, nurse? I did want to have a conversation with you, Loren. Um, Little old May? I would have um, liked to have done this privately, but if you are so inclined, I'm more than happy to have a conversation now. If there's nothing that you feel needs privacy to disclose, then go ahead. Well, she is a lot of fun, I can tell you all that. Tell some good jokes once in a while. I do have a very good personal reference right here if you do need convincing. I'm thinking I might need some more, actually. Every word that you say. I want to thank you personally for answering the call. I know it was not a call that I'm sure you were expecting, and I understand it would be 
It would have been difficult to persuade your captain to um, grant you time off to go on a mission, especially for not necessarily a rival company, as we no longer have a ship or allegiance. I and to be fair, rival implies we're on the same level. Sorry, I interrupted while you were complimenting me. No, I was trying to give you some form of credit, but you are correct. We are vastly better than you. Quick, Alton, check him. He's delusional. I don't know. There was that one combat we had. Mm, the maths. I wanted to offer you the same offer that I will extend to everyone here. Once this vessel is completed and we have direction, I would offer you all a position aboard this new ship to travel into our future. And I understand that some of you in the few months that we have had have sought out other employment. I know that some of you were never employed with the heads of the Hydra. However, I would be greatly appreciative if you, if your skills were utilized better with myself, with us, rather than aboard the Red Phoenix. Now, I know it would be very difficult uh, for you to make this decision. However, once a pirate does not always imply always a pirate. You're being incredibly sweet, and I do appreciate this. So you'll be very glad to hear that my schedule sure did open up. I said yes the second I turned up. Neris, I'm your crew now. Just hope we don't run into the Red Phoenix. Anyone who's looking at Neris can tell that he's gone into, like, his calculator mode, where essentially he's trying to weigh up whether the benefits of keeping Loren outweigh the risk of having the Red Phoenix potentially angry with us. But uh, regardless, if you are to join this crew, you would be um, protected as one of us. Cute. It was not intended to be. No, you're just cute in general. Again, I do not intend to be. I need to change. I might also say, apart from being funny once in a while and being able to pack a punch every now and then and maybe being able to muster up a little bit of a storm, Lorraine is also very useful. All in all, I think Lorraine will be a great fit. She certainly got my vote anyway. I mean, look at him. Look at the width of his arms. That counts as two votes, I think, actually. I, for one, have no doubt that I want Lorraine on the ship. However, there is the question of roles aboard this vessel. I'd be happy to take a step back in the navigation position, if Loren is willing to pick it up. Hmm. What role would you prefer to acquire? Depends on what's available. I have always taken an interest in perhaps piloting the vessel. I've been one for pointing the direction, but never one for steering the vessel. It would mean the two of you would have to work together quite closely. As far as I'm aware, I'm not sure if anyone aboard this vessel, other than myself, is able to pilot a ship. I think, given the new direction this ship will travel, having two people on board with knowledge of navigation, particularly potentially sailing by the stars, would be incredibly useful. I'm open to any role, whether that be co-navigator or not. I want head navigator or I'm walking out of here right now. That is very ambitious. It's my old role. It has got a bit of pizzazz to it, I will admit. 
Perhaps I want the role of head navigator. Maybe you should fist fight for it. She looks Fishman up and down. He is almost literally twice her height. I think I could take him. You could not. Coming from you? Yes, I am aware. I do not oh. understand much in the way of fights, but I know that you would be beaten into a pulp. Ow. That is what you would say, yes. Well, while we're all discussing the matter of roles, what's yours? I will own this first one. Oh. I am its creator. I am director, if you will. I will also, if you will, reprise my role as chief arcanist. I don't know anyone here who understands magic better than you. Alton, your medical abilities are second to none. Once this ship is fully functioning, would you serve as its doctor? Tana does a big sigh and, like, leans back looking at the ceiling for a moment. I don't know. You know, as a doctor, my role is to help people, not harm them. And I don't know how much help I would be to this mission. That is why I wish to expand on your abilities a bit more. Unfortunately, seeing as there are only five of us, there may be potential for doubling up on roles. And that is why, as we are traveling into unknown territories, I wish to create a new role for you to work with as well. Oh, a promotion here. What's this one? I wish for you to act as spymaster for the vessel. Now that's an interesting role. You certainly put some of my old skills to use there. Oh boy, don't know how to talk through this one. Uh, Fishman, why do you think I had you look after Rap for a while? Because you were preoccupied with other matters. One that you did not want to bring Rat into. Yes, that was pretty much the gist of it. It's more that these matters, they could be very dangerous. With all due respect, I did bring a dragon turtle to our very vessel. I believe I've put the crew in more danger than most. Second only to Neris, I'd say. But all of these things are unintentional. And I can't imagine that you would intentionally bring any danger to the ship or the crew itself. I think it would be best if I just went on my own for a while. Did you hear what the Sphinx said about me fighting the gods? <laughs> That's what the fear was. That's what's haunting me. What god haunts you? Not a good one. A very, very powerful one. And what's your plan for dealing with this on your own? I mean, there's very little I can do. If she wants to toy with me, if she wants to have her fun, I can try to fight her somehow. But I I don't want to bring all of you into this. There is no greater or smaller part that any of us have played. And besides, I don't pretend to know and understand what is happening with these ship's plans, but what better place to avoid the reach of the gods than above them in the stars? But you don't know how insidious she is. Uh, my city, they all worshipped in it. <laughs> and somehow she twisted and waved her way into that. So they were worshipping her instead, and she was infiltrating their ranks. My own sister became a fucking priestess to her. <laughs> Everyone was under her command. Except for ones that she didn't take worthy enough. She 
her reach mostly is strong in the dark, in the depths, in the faraway places, but she found me here. Who's to say she won't find you as well? Who's to say she won't start killing you all? Who's to say that I am not just another pawn in good old future nurse's plans? I mean, assuage yourself of that fear. We all are at this point. <laughs> I mean, that's true. I think what you have not taken into account is that in between the last time this crazy goddess full of spiders came for you, is between then and this time, a bunch of the idiots at this table started caring for you. So I don't know if potentially running away is going to work this time. Because I know some of these people here, and she looks very specifically at Fishman and Neris, don't know how to let a thing go. And if there's one way for crazy, omnipotent people to find you, it's to look for the other people searching for you. If everyone else knows where you are, she might actually have a harder time. I mean, she is a god, what do I know? But I'm just saying, would you rather die alone or surrounded by friends? And if we do happen to be served up on a platter to this god, I will absolutely be the spiciest garnish possible and cause so much discomfort. I don't think any of us will go down without fighting, and I don't believe any of us have any intention of letting them get to you at all. You guys, are you sorry? Problems reading people, you're being sincere here you really would risk your lives for me since when are we ever being insincere <laughs> Jonathan's with the most insincere grin <laughs> <laughs> sorry it's just my voice I always sound insincere I don't know why it's been a problem since birth <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess Fishman, Loren, and Janice all, like, smile with spiked teeth in a very sincere way. This is just not the smart thing to do. I mean, everyone tries to just look after themselves. That's what makes sense. You don't needlessly sacrifice yourselves for others. When the going gets too hard, you have to look after yourself. That's, like, what makes sense? Is that why you brought your dearest friend in the whole world to stay with Fishman, your other friend, while you were gone? You were just looking out for yourself then, by keeping rats safe. I never said I was smart. I usually let Neris do the smart things. I kind of do whatever feels right to me at the time. And this is feeling fucking right right now. So are we going to get an answer? Oh fuck, let a man sleep on it. Uh... Thanks for the words of support. I will have a think about it. When I was lying in that cave and I woke up and a bearded fish was staring at me, I've been trying to figure out how we can beat my future, Lation Tosaris. And I realized that we already have. When we fought him, when he attacked the heads of the Hydra, he did something that I did not appreciate at the time, but now I do. He went in there with four of his supporters, and when everything got too tough, too hard, too not like his plan, he just left on his own. And I paid no attention to that until I woke up and I saw everyone standing over my body. We beat 
relation by being together, because that is something he cannot do. And we will beat your God together, because that is what we do. And your God is alone. You know, that, that sounds awful lot like little fairy tales that some of the nurses used to say to the children in the hospital, you know, the power of friendship and everything. But it's appreciated. We'll see what happens. Right, well, pending Alton's decision, we have a navigator, we have a helmsman, we potentially have Alton. I will be director and Janice will be captain. Janice has taken a swig. He does a full-on spit take across the table, probably all over Nerys' face. <laughs> you wish me to be a captain? Well, yes, there is no other logical choice. You have the skills, you have the drive. He just looks completely shocked. When I was captaining the Polaris, I believe I was a fair captain. But that is not the role I was made for. It takes a certain drive to be a good captain. Anyone can be captain, but to know your crew, to understand your ship, that takes a skilled individual. He just seems to like wrestle with something for a moment, and then he looks up again and his mouth spreads into the most genuine grin you have probably seen across on his face in the five years you have known him. It would be my greatest honour to captain this vessel with the four of you beside me. It'd be great to have you leading us, Janice. I believe this is something that you may have wanted in the past, am I not wrong? (laughs) I will not deny that. It is but the beginning of a great new tale. What is the vessel called, may I ask? The vessel is almost complete. Now that we have the fast stone, we will be able to begin testing some of its travel capabilities. And when she is ready, we will all assemble for the first of many journeys. As for the name, I'm welcoming um, spitball ideas. However, I wish to put in a recommendation for the Spirited Gull. The Spirited Gull? A nice title. A sentiment behind it? A promise. To the spirited gull, he raises his nearly empty tankard by this point. Always the boss and never the bride. Cheers to the spirited gull and her new captain. To the spirited gull. Yes, to the spirited gull. Gotta go and throw up out of stress now. Tonight is the night to celebrate on the impending voyage of an impossible ship to navigate into the future to undo the past and the present. What stories we shall tell, what purposes we shall find, this shall be a most monumentous journey. Another round, this one's on me. (laughs) Well, yes, you are about to get that bigger paycheck. Um, As far as payouts go, anyone who accepted the coin pouch is 500 gold in their age. Thank Thank you. (laughs) So, you two have been directly working on this ship. We have tried to not um, attract too much attention, yes. So where? It is nearby. It is in Ankersail. We are constructing it piecemeal, essentially. The majority of the structure is very easy to construct. However, some of the more unique components are difficult to source, and we need to construct them in a workshop ourselves. It's by no means finished. Well, she'll be ship-shaped soon enough. Well, that is the plan. <laughs> well, uh, <clears throat> uh, Alton re-enters the room. 
If you want to find some more ship parts illegally, there's been fuckle activity from the Pact Guard. Yes, I suppose they'd have their hands full with all the activity out in the seas. The void of the Isle's largest mercenary company being very heavily felt. Yes, it left quite the power vacuum. At least they haven't been pestering everyone around Ankathir. Loren kind of leans around the table to Fishman, and she looks like she's very carefully trying to be nice. So, when you were saying that you and Alton were joking about piracy, should I be worried? Consider it a late night chat that got out of hand. Have you ever had those? First you're talking about one thing and then you're talking about another thing and all of a sudden you're talking about something way, way out there. Something that is absurd, but fun. Oddly enough, I have also had late night conversations that ended with illegal ship parts. Neris, that's a nice cape you've got there. Are you modeling it after Rash? How do, what kind of a question is that? It is a nice cape, though. It is a well, thank you. I like the cape very much. It is very nice. It's got a lot of flair, like panache almost, you know? It, it was not the intention, but this is... Wasn't it? No, actually, it wasn't. I bought it for a completely separate reason. Oh, oh. oh I'm curious now. Please elaborate on your fashion choices. Well, it's very good at protecting me from the elements. Oh, boring. Why? It is a functional cape. It's very fancy, too. I mean, you know, the whole get-up, very fancy. Mm, it matches your pants. No one buys that just because it's warm when it matches your pants. This was the only color it came in, and if it did not match my pants, I would purchase it anyway, because that is not its intended purpose. You know, she looks back at, like, Fishman, but also kind of, like, at Janice and Alton. He's really good at not answering questions. I think that should be, like, a rule going forward, is Neris has to answer a question. I think that would probably be impossible. Don't not answer questions. I do answer all questions that I've been asked. But do you answer the question that's being asked or the one that you want to answer? Sometimes questions are asked where it could be phrased differently, so I correct your question in my mind and then I answer that, so as to make it more fluent. You're editing our questions. Not in t- I think we're looking at this the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I am just answering in a different manner than you might be expecting. It is by no means still not an answer. See, he's good. He's good. I swear he was a politician in a past life. Actually, my father was. Not in a past life, but he was a politician. Really? Where? Well, not here. See? See? That's exactly what I mean. <laughs> I've travelled far. And I've not heard of your name. A politician. Are they local, perhaps? I... What type of government? I don't know much about your history. There is not much to tell. The only important piece of my history is what is to come. And what I will write into the history books. So, and he looks at Laurent. I asked multiple questions this time. You did? And Uh he still managed to do all of them at once in his own way. It's incredible. See, his father being a politician really explains everything, actually. Also, at some point, we will loop back to the fact that Alton has a sister. But, like, yeah, no. A politician? That makes so much sense. Was your mother also a politician? Or was she, like, a robot? A a lamp with feelings? (laughs) I'm wondering where you got it from. No, my mother was actually employed in the medical field. 
well, now I feel mean for what I said. Ah, uh, yes, she would try to help as many people as possible, but no, by all means, insult her. Technically, I was trying to insult you. It just so happens that your mother's a very kind, compassionate woman, apparently. They treated me well. I have not been in contact with them since I left for the Isles, so I do not know. I assume they are well. I was much the same. When I wasn't, you know. Oh, I fought a kraken once. Wait, you all fought a kraken? We got it running. Yes, I forgot to tell you, you are joining a very elite team here. Well, fuck me dead. Fishman opens up his book. Now, everything I write in here, I don't really uh, lie, as it's for my eyes only, but the three big beasts we have felled recently, according to this, is Dragon Turtle, Kraken, and, whilst it doesn't say we felled it, a Hydra. That's pretty impressive, is it not? What on earth is a Dragon Turtle? It's like a big turtle, but like half dragon. It's really in the name. <laughs> also, I don't want to be a stickler, but um, technically, um, we played a part in felling two hydras. Oh, that's oh, in poor whoa. taste, Neris. That's in Perhaps poor a bit taste. Too soon. <laughs> Considering you're the one that did it, the whole table goes quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of retiring for the night. Leave have had quite a few. Have we got rooms, or do I need to procure one? I am able to sort out a room for everyone for the night. That would be useful. I do not have anyone to stay currently. Are we to be staying here? This place is very fancy. Jeez, look at all the gold, gilded everywhere. Gold! Allow me to see if they have rooms available for the night. And Neris is going to get up. And he's going to start to leave, but he is going to grab his tankard and walk out with it. And anyone who is watching, it is almost completely full. Fishman rushes out with you. On the way, he wants to quickly ask you something. Our benefactor, what is his role? And he does look a lot more serious than what he did ten seconds prior. Without him, we would be nowhere. We would all be scattered amongst the wind as we were before. Are we to be indebted is what I mean. Or simply in debt. You owe no allegiance to this man. You travel under the captain, who travels loosely at my guidelines. I understand we needed this vessel, but I don't believe you've made it clear why they got involved. And whilst I am grateful, no one invests that much money without a purpose. Is it something I should concern myself with? You should not be concerned, however, I do feel I need to explain. Do you remember... When we travelled to the island that was taken over by a sentient creature that was inhabiting the minds of those that lived there. I do remember. Our mission was to retrieve an individual, a researcher, who was studying a particular school of magic. This researcher was almost cast aside by everyone aboard the Polaris, except for myself. I saw, I am ashamed to say initially, I saw use for him. However, he in turn saw use for me. The two of us have kept in contact, and we are fast discovering that our goals are aligned for the most part. Everything that we discover, he wishes to know for his own research. 
And because we have the capability of discovering so much, we are incredibly useful. That was definitely on the bottom of my list of concerning answers. So, I don't mind this. In fact, I believe that is a very good deal. Well done. When the Hydra was made redundant, I needed to find another method of continuing research. This has proven to be a fruitful one. Has he been helping in more ways than just funds? As I noticed, it was after we left that island that a certain use of magic you've partaken in. Has he inspired or is he helping you reach these? There's a vague expression of alarm that crosses Neris's face. I have discovered that, unfortunately, the magic that I possess is not enough to defend myself and those I care for. So until I am strong enough, I need to rely on other forms of magic. You can rest assured that my research in that matter is my own. I will not query any further than this next question, but there is another individual I know of that has obtained power through that of a contract. Is this what you are implying yourself? I study magic so that I may learn how it works. I have a curiosity towards it. There is nothing more involved in that. Very well, then. When you ask for room, could you perhaps get one with, like, a spa or something something special in it? Like, uh, ooh, an in-room bar. Ask for that for me, please. As he pats you on the back and then waddles his way back to the rest of the crew. And when he does waddle in, he goes, This place is fancy. <laughs> Neris is going to get me, the head navigator, a room with a bar in it. <laughs> now, hang on a second. Oh, Neris no. is going to approach the bar and ask how much of five rooms and six bottles of whiskey. Would probably set you back about ten gold. And as you turn back to the meeting room. Could you roll me a perception check, please? Birds. Nine. Okay, you don't notice anything as you're walking back. But just as you reach the door, could I get you to roll me a constitution save? Four. Four. Okay, um, roll me a dexterity saving throw not to drop the bottles as you are currently sickened as... Fungal spores are floating through the room and drifting up towards your nose, sickening you. I mean, do I feel this is just something that is just happening naturally, or like have I stepped on a fungal piece of carpet, Uh, or do I think in this moment that this is some form of an attack? Well, roll me the dexterity save, and then... Because Nerith will just drop the bottles. (laughs) Eleven. Eleven. That's probably enough that I'll let you choose. But the other thing is, roll me a nature check to gauge the nature of these spores, whether they are natural or otherwise. This will be definitely at disadvantage. Okay. Um, And we're panicking, so we're going to use a portent. Uh, One of those is a 17. So, these are definitely not regular mundane spores. There is something of the magical about them. Great. 
Neris, do you keep a hold of the bottles or do you drop them? We're going to drop those bottles. Okay. They are no longer important. They smash on the ground, which, yes, Fishman, Alton, Janice, and Lorraine, you all hear just outside this room. The smash. The four of you see as spores waft through the bottom of the door. And Janice, as you are approaching the door, I'm going to need you to roll me a constitution saving throw. That's a 24. Oh, that is certainly enough. And he throws his very big, meaty, muscly arm over his nose and mouth. Careful, stand back. Does Fishman see the spores? Uh, yes. Does Fishman recognize the spores from a cave encounter in a zombie cave? Uh, roll me an insight check. He's going to say, don't you dare do history. Hey, Darby. Hmm? Would Loren recognize these from a certain person she has met? There is something vaguely familiar about these spores, but you're not quite sure where to place it. 25. Fishman, you would recognize these as being similar in nature. Fishman doesn't want to turn to a zombie, which is his assumption, is these spores turn you into zombies. So he's going to cast... He looks as if he wants to cast a spell, but then remembers, I'm still quite shaken up. So you know what? He'll just say, don't go near those spores. They turn you into zombies. Good point. Stay out of the way then. And he's going to kick the door in. Okay. Romy, an attack against the door. All right, let's go. Um, so that's an unarmed strike, I guess. Um. Oh, no, I'm going to have to pay for this. That's a natural 20. <laughs> so it's a 29. <laughs> so you effortlessly just punch and not knowing your new strength, just... Bust this door straight off its hinges. Neris, roll me a dexterity saving throw as this door just splinters in your direction. Are we going to destroy a second tavern? <laughs> Is that what we're doing here, gang? Oh, shit. Janice says as the door just gives away. <laughs> that is a flat 10. A, a 10. Okay, so you take... Uh, Laura, can you roll me just a d8? Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't mean to. That's a six. A six. So, Neris, you take six points of... Of door damage. It's somewhere between piercing, slashing, and bludgeoning, just from the wood shrapnel. And that does help the rest of you to see that, one, Neris has not become some sort of uh, fungal zombie. But you also see there are clearly undead figures in the room. Two that look like emaciated, dusty, fungal, zombie-like creatures. And then another two that appear almost normal until the bones almost climb out of the skin and collapse to the ground, leaving this shambling mess of moving flesh. And at the door of the tavern you see two figures one familiar robed flashes of metal peeking out from the robe another a similar skeletal white like figure with robes and a staff Neris, Alton and Loren roll me an arcana check please that's a 10 for Alton 22. 32. Neris and Lorraine, you recognize this creature by 
what most of you know is the Mistforged. I believe, Loren, you would know the creature's name is Exley. She met him, yeah. But the creature by Exley is a creature known as a Deathlock. As Exley turns and says something indistinct from this distance to the Deathlock, he walks away. And that is where we're going to leave things for this episode. And we'll pick right back up there at the top of next week. <gasps> oh my no, god. No. Oh, we're absolutely destroying this tavern. I've just become a captain. <laughs> I can't let my crew die now. Have you paid for the room already? Because <laughs> he just did, yep. Oh, I didn't get a refund. It's six about to be bottles party of whiskey time. which we just threw on the ground. Sorry for listening. Oh my god, what a little plot twist. Holy shit. Excellent. That'd be holy- good. Holy shit. <laughs>